Welcome to the Ocrest podcast channel. Ocrest School in Vienna, Virginia challenges girls in grades 6 to 12 to develop character, faith, and leadership potential to thrive in college and throughout their lives. In this podcast, head of school Dr. Mary T. Ortiz speaks about parent leadership. She draws upon authors and wisdom of parents, encouraging parents as they become the leaders in their families, intentionally working to cultivate the good habits and virtues that leadership demands. And especially my colleague, who's the mother of six, I can't say children anymore, they're young adults. Um, she's like, why don't we talk about parent leadership? Um, and it's going to be the umbrella. We talk about parent leadership. Um, and in that, she's taking her cue from Jim Stenson. Um, and some of you know, um, he's I mean, older now, he's an educator, former headmaster. I think he was at the Heights for a little while. He was out in um, Chicago at a boys' school out there. Um, just a, a wise and wonderful man and a writer. Um, he's, really, his focus is forming young people in character. And he has a great job of, um, of that. I think their bedside, his books are you know, bedside reading. And in Upbringing, a book that he, um, he wrote years ago, it, it's really forming young people in character. Um, and I, he says, he talks there about, I think he's really teaching and encouraging parents um, to be the leaders that God needs them to be, like to take on that leadership. Um, and it's, it's God-given leadership in the family, of course. Um, and to really um, intentionally work on cultivating the, the good habits, the virtues that leadership demands, if you will. Um, and I was thinking, you know, we, we really, when we talk about leadership, I, really about talking about, we don't have to talk about public figures. I and mean, at first I was thinking, oh, think of, think of who you're the leader. We all have really inspirational people that we have read about and known, and, and we can think about them and their virtues, but so often leaders are just people that pass on notice, if you will, right? When we think about our own lives, that maybe it's a, it could be our parents. In some ways, I think it, it always is, right? Um, as wonderful and flawed and beautiful as they are, really, our parents, as we grow older, we more and more see really, they are the leaders, they are the best. It, it, um, but it could be a neighbor, it could be a cherished teacher, anyone, right? But again, we're, we're kind of looking at this, the, the virtues, this person has taken on responsibility, um, and, you know, the key virtues that are seen in their lives in, in different ways, prudence, what are the leader, what are the virtues of, of leaders? Prudence, um, fortitude, courage, perseverance, fairness, moderation, all of this, right? So, um, and he, uh, I call him Jim, Jim is um, he's really good about assuring parents that um, of the greatness of your vocation, um, and also like, helping see very clearly that it is uh, a path to greatness. Um, because of it, because it's enormous, because it's difficult, um, like to see the greatness of it, never to underestimate it, and um, and I think that's important. It's always important, but I think when we're in a, you could say, I'm going to say, a hostile pop popular culture. For <laughs> I don't know how long we've been in it. I can't even remember. Um, but anyway, it's been, it's been going going strong for a while, it seems. But um, but and, and particularly hostile, I think, towards parents. Um, you know, we've seen the way parents can be, I'm not going to go into it, ridiculed, um, put down, discouraged, um, undermined, et cetera, et cetera, right? So 
I think particularly there, to say your, your leadership is, has never been more important. Um, it is, but it's, it's very good, and I don't know about you, but to have clarity about the difficulty, not to admit, and also about the heroism and the beauty of your vocation. Because, you know, sometimes we can get into mediocrity, you know, we're just like, this is terrible, I'm doing a lousy job, and it's also not that important. What a terrible place to be! <laughs> Why don't I just, you know, this is not smart. This is something that's off here. Um, so it's very, very good that you realize, no, 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 let's look at this very clearly. Let's see, this is actually quite difficult, uh, no matter what anybody says. Uh, but this is also, again, I think heroism, beauty, beauty sanctity. Right, um, absolutely. So you, what do you need? You need resources. Um, books that, I think it's books that lift you up. Books that give you a clear path clarity, but books that lift you up, right? It's very, the bedside reading, make sure, whatever it is, I don't know how you read your books, your art, however you intake um, truth and, and goodness, take it in, because you need it, and it's very, very important. You need friends. You need, right? You're, you need friends, you need good friends, and that's hard because you have very little time, but you need friends. You need role models, uh, but most, most importantly, you need rock solid confidence in God. Um, because the task is completely above, I mean, it, it is above anyone. And I think that's good, and maybe it's, it's above us. There's an element of, um, someone said once, Figure out, when you're in a difficulty, ask yourself, is this a problem to be solved or a mystery to be lived? And that's really good because some, you know, the fix it, you're in the fix it, like, I'm gonna solve this problem, I'm gonna solve this, I'm gonna solve it, I'm gonna solve it, if it kills everybody, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna solve it. And then you know, there was a moment of like, this might not be, and I would, a problem to solve this is actually a mystery to be lived, to be embraced, I mean, it doesn't mean you do anything. It doesn't mean you don't do anything. But you may you may see control. You bring in much more of God than yourself. There's lots of ways to do it, but it's a mystery to be lived, to be embraced, to be suffered, to learn patience, to learn, you know, whatever, et cetera. So, um, but I think the, so that, I think, I mean, certainly raising children, even education, is, it does, it is, an, I mean, there's a lot of mystery. Because there's human nature, there's freedom, there's a, there's original sin. There are a lot of things that we just we don't have, you know, control over at all. My mother used to say, "I had five children. I've done the same thing with all of you, and you are all have done like you're all different. I can't figure it out. You know, whatever. <laughs> I'm like whatever. I mean, that's just a simple way of putting it, right? Um, anyway, so the most important thing is confidence. In, I definitely to do some a task that is more mystery than problem solving um, is confidence in God's divine help. Not only that, His closeness to you, His availability to you at any moment, at every single moment. I'm sure you've experienced that. Um, and with important things in life, the most important, like we learn that we have to put in our work for sure. But important things re require that we ask more and more of God with a very childlike soul. And maybe the thing is God is going to help us be a child again, no matter how many years it takes, right? <laughs> maybe it's 95, maybe you're going to have to be 95, 97 before you realize that you really are my child. And you're, I want you to ask that way, be that way. It's really paradoxically difficult. 
But otherwise, when we're on the other mode of fix it, we get quickly tired, discouraged, confused. We get that way anyway, but, but we really can't afford to be in that way too long, too much, too frequently um, in this divine adventure of right? raising, raising these young women. Um, some of you know, and, and I like to describe, so parent leadership is the talk. I'm going to get into something. It's just, it's called, it's called speaking the truth in and with love. That's really what I'm going to kind of like go at. But it is within this realm of the difficult, beautiful task of being a strong leader. I remember, um, I used the image of a dock in a lake to describe a parent's role. Um, I, been in the lake very, very few times, and when I was young, at one point, I remember trying to push off the dock. It was this old, like, slimy. I tend to think of lakes as slimy. I know they're not. I like the ocean. Um, but anyway, it kind of like, don't touch the bottom. Who knows what's in that? And it's like dark. Um, but anyway, so I tried to like push off in this dock. Move. You can't. You know what I mean? You can't get very far. The dock is moving. And then sure this. You realize you need a strong dock. Right? You need, and you can just think about yourself. Some days you feel like, I am that strong dog. It's like, I don't know. It's not very good. It's, it's been through a lot. It doesn't look very good. It's covered with slime, <laughs> whatever. But, um, but I don't, it doesn't move. And that's just a good, I think, a good image for me to think like, your kids need something to push off of. They certainly do in adolescence, right? And they cannot push off of someone that's moving on the fundamentals, right? We're not gonna be, we don't wanna be persistent in things that are not, but think about the, the really basic things. Um, and that's this confidence in the basic truths. Um, one mother said at one point, she said, you know, it's still good to be good. It's just still good to be good. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good way to say it. I mean, there are things that's, you know, honesty, responsibility, the basics. You're a dog. You're, there's these things, I, I, we got this, we got to have some things where, and I'm sure you know, some things crystal clear here. Um, that's where you're the dog, right? So it's humbling, don't move, it's humbling, it's painful. Um, of course, you're gonna talk, you're gonna work with the kids at their age, but you teach with your life as best you can, right? Um, but don't make the mistake of getting in on the big things for short-term gains. Don't make the mistake of getting into what we call sentimentality, which is, and we all, I mean, it's hard. Like, I want this child to feel better. I want to feel better. We all want to feel better, like, desperately. <laughs> but we're not, we have to think about this. Think, you know, whatever you need to, to get back reason and clarity and to determine, to discern, <laughs> is this something that, you know, she, it's a mystery to be lived. She's going to have to suffer this a little bit. I'm going to have to suffer this more than she will usually. Um, my husband, you know, whatever, right, right, but she will, this is the thing, she will thank you later. She may not be able to articulate it many times through the growing up years. It's hard to articulate sometimes. Um, maybe she will thank you now, but you have to hold on. I mean, it is faith. It is hope. She's going to thank me later. Um, she needs your strength because, um, again, I love this with young people. They know what they want many times, but they do not know what they need. They do not know what they need. And sometimes they know what they want with a passion that is, like, unstoppable. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um, but remember, very often, 
she does, doesn't know what she needs. So it's embracing the difficulty of loving and living truthfully with the idea is it, it will pay great. It, it does, this is raising children, raising young people with character. It pays later. So the difficult art of speaking the truth in and with love. Wow, is that hard, right? Always, um, especially with young people in their adolescent years, right? It's a, that's an intense time for them, right? And again, with the girls, it's I, I, emotionally, hormonally, I'm just gonna say it, it's really hard from the beginning to the end. I mean, it's just going on, right? Um, it's beautiful, but it's hard, that power, right? The intense time of discovery, uh, formation of who they want to be, who they don't want to be, uh, and a search of, big search, you know, what's, what am I doing? Like, life project. Um, I've seen over the time, I've seen, we have almost a thousand alum. With this graduating class, we'll go over the 1,000 mark. And it is so much fun to see the alum come back. We just have a lot of them here on Friday. And it is so true, I know teachers say this, you, you, it, we, we have to be patient with them. They're, they really are good. But to see the ones who gave people a lot of trouble, including <laughs> 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 your parents, all, all of us. Um, and I will tell you, I can say it now, and I will cry because she's in heaven. Mary Moss, tell her, was, was a piece of work for her parents. And her parents, I love them dearly, and they, they will say it publicly. Mary came junior and senior year, and there was, she did not want to be in all girls school. One of the things she got from Oprah was girlfriends. She did not have good girlfriends before, and she just, I could go on, you know, popular, very pretty girl, um, one of her gifts, and, um, but she developed really strong girlfriends here, who in fact, one of them was her roommate in college, these girls, two Okies and one honorary Okie. They just loved Mary all the way at the end. I mean, through cancer, through all the way. So, but anyway, you, and I was her mentor, so I can tell you that I didn't know what to do with her. And the parents, we didn't know what, I'm not kidding. I am absolutely not kidding. So here she, there she was, you know. So anyway, it's rough, but we want to teach young people to love the truth and to get used to living in the truth. And I think that's true. Just get, get that idea of like, I want you to love the truth. We want to live in the truth. We want to live in reality. And we don't want to pull back from any of that heart. So the most important truth is we are made in the image of God. Um, it's always a good truth. It's not, the truth is beautiful. It's good. It is not um, that. So we're, you know, unrepeatable creation of God. And more than that, he's, an, he's very close to us. We're given the gift of freedom. And someone said it's a Freedom is a radical capacity to be the protagonist of your own life. Um, and once, but once you have freedom, it's the risk of freedom. It's risky. God risked because he wanted to be loved in freedom. You can only love if you're free. And he's like, I, I want to I be loved. I want to be loved, so I have to have free creatures, right? Um, you have the possibility of, of failing and misfiring. Um, and that's, we, we, that's the hard part. So when I say like speaking the truth in love, I'm talking, if some people say it's like correcting someone or giving advice to a young person that is intended to help the person improve, right? That's where I am. It's, it's a serious, it's speaking the truth um, when it's hard. And you're doing this all the time as parents, you know that. 
and I just want to encourage you um, that it's a serious responsibility. Um, and to remember, it's a work of great virtue. It is easy not, it's easy to avoid. It's easy to look away, right? Um, and just, these are things you know, right? And it's important for, for everyone, but it has a heightened importance for young people. Because they're like the ships setting off, right? They're setting off and from port. They're just beginning, in some ways, to use this newfound freedom to shape. So our work along the way is that sometimes loving, you know, not smothering them, not discouraging them. It's hard, but not holding back when we, our conscience of which says, like, we really do need to say something. Um, and again, you're, but you're, you're helping them along the way acquire self-knowledge, um, good correcting things when they're small. Let me say that here. It's from, I think it's from Proverbs, I'm not sure. Catch the little foxes that destroy the vineyards. I'm not, I'm, I don't remember what it is about. Catch the little foxes. So like, sometimes they're just these little foxes. It's, and remember, always, we don't, want to be, we don't want to be petty, we don't want to be minuscule. I mean, whatever that's called, we don't want to focus, but we want to say, is this a little fox that might, might not go, you know, might have some, so let me see. So you're helping them. So, um, and it's helping see, see, and this is not just for young people, of course, see a little, maybe a little bit of a character flaw, a little bit of a bad habit, a little bit of a practice that detracts from their relationships, um, and maybe their way of working, just a little, right? We have to see. And again, I'm going to talk about how we are full of these. We're, we're all in our whole life. And some of them, they're, they're not bad. They, but again, we're, we're looking at how can I Young people and help. Um, we all have people in our lives who have the love and the nobility to help us overcome these things, right? They're cherished um, speakers of truth, right? Um, to us, they help us. Um, and again, sometimes you're going to have to point out something deeper, more serious. But again, we do want to stay in the small, in general, in daily life. You know, that's kind of where this, this is right. Um, deal with small things. Um, and again, this love is wanting the good of the other. And it's the definition, it's I want, and wanting the true good of the other. And it's, you know, it's challenging, right? And um, so, I, I'll give you an example from my own life. I'm gonna have to give you a while. <laughs> but I think I might have, I've mentioned it before, it just really struck me. I came home from college for Thanksgiving. I'd been away two months, two months. And um, came home, and, Whatever. My mother, who was a very, very kind and gentle person, and probably really had a hard time saying strong things, I think that's true. Um, she said to me, after like a day or two, she's more or less said, you've been home for several days, Mary, and you have not asked anyone how they are. And I was, I don't know what I thought. I don't remember, but I remember, of course, I, I actually thought, I think it's my roommate's fault. She's very self-absorbed. <laughs> Which is actually true, and I'm so afraid of hers. But anyway, she had been talking about, when am I going to when am I going to think of college students? When am I going to go running? When am I going to get my hair cut? When am I going to, you know, and, and like, but I came back to a family. And family is not only about you and, you know, scary. So I just thought, uh, whatever, it was straightforward, it was practical, very atypical of my mother, but it was a piece of advice. Um, that I probably, I, I'm sure I still, it's everyone's mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have not, I've been talking about myself. Um, so anyway, whatever, but this, this, like, this thing, right? We, 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 people who love us see things and want to help us. 
Um, it's difficult to grow personally if you're unaware of your strengths and weaknesses as well, right? How can I improve if I don't know? Um, but it's not mere knowledge. It's working on that openness and willingness to accept. And think about it, accepting the first level, I am not perfect. It's terrible. Um, I am not self-sufficient. I. It's hard. It's hard at any stage of life. It's hard in adolescence when they're very much afraid of failure. They can be very lacking in self-confidence. But they need. They need to grow, right? Um, I had. I remember a great teacher who said about. Uh, she said at one point in her class, she said. So-and-so about somebody who graduated many, many years ago, this wasn't his school, she said, that young woman is one of the most intelligent young women that I've ever met. This was in my school. And I remember thinking, wow, wonder what that is. And it was interesting, she said this. She said, she was one of the most intelligent young women that I ever knew, and she said, because she could learn from anyone and anything. And I, I said, I heard this from this woman in like when I was like in 10th grade or something, and I remember thinking, she didn't say because she went to an Ivy League school. What did I think? Because her GPA was this. Because she took 25 APs prior. She said because she could learn from, she learned from anyone. And of course, later in life, you realize, because she was humble. To me, that's, humility is a condition for learning. You cannot learn if you don't think you need to learn. You don't, you don't think you need to learn if you don't want to learn. You, you're unteachable. So this humility, open to the truth about herself, about the world, even if it's hard, open to things that challenge your comfort, um, that was what, in this very smart, very wise woman, smart to me, wise woman that Catherine was So some things, remember your daughters and young people, are very, they have a love for nobility and high ideals. And you have to always speak to that even as they often despise little things. And that's what they know. You want to save the world and you won't empty the dishwasher. That's what it is. You want to, and that's, don't focus on the dishwasher. I mean, you have to focus on the dishwasher, but don't deflate. It's hard not to deflate them. Like, it's like, you want to save the world and I want you to save the world and you're going to save the world. And like another moment, it's like, at certain moments, Part of saving the world is this. Um, but it's very, like, you may have to do a little, you have your own way, and they will connect the dots and on their own at different times, and sometimes you have to say that. But they have the capacity to understand the highest love, the deepest love. They don't like mediocrity. Um, they like, and you'll hear it, the teachers, the coaches that demand the most of them sometimes. You know, it's like, go, it's important. So they, they're hypercritical at times, but it really is a great idealism underneath. We have, the hard thing is learning how to speak to that and challenge, challenge that. And you can always say to them, the people who truly love you will challenge you in your life. The people who truly love you will, will, will lovingly demand of you. Um, it hurts, and we know that, it hurts. And they'll learn these little things along the way to see when it's right to say this. You know, the classic thing is it hurts them, but, but they, they love you, they're not thinking of themselves. Um, that does speak to them, even as they might not even not show you that. So the love is, the condition is the full acceptance of the uniqueness of every person, right? 
we're not about perfection in this. There are no molds. We're not even trying to. We're not trying to change the person fundamentally. Um, it's. I love this one. A theologian said, in, "In everything and in every human soul, God does original work." It's true, but there are also things that, like, God counts on us to kind of pull away. It's very hard to get this right, but um, we're not. We're not fundamentally overturning the beauty of God's creation, of course. There are secondary aspects usually that we're looking at, things that can help a person work better, you know, help, you, help you work better, help you have a better relationship, help you to be a better friend, um, a better daughter, a better sister, etc. Um, everyone wants to retain this God-given origin originality, but um, grow in all that's good. Um, fundamentally, I mean, you have to be careful because people can say that's the best thing about me. You know, I love my, I'm attached to my, this is the way I am. And we should tr distrust ourselves a little bit there too. You know, and like, and you're like, yeah, it might not be. Um, I have to be really, the condition is to be really, truly, fundamentally open to moving things about, changing things about us for this, even it's just in service of others. That may be a quirk that I love. A priest here used to say, we love our, we get very comfortable with live-in defects. I really like this. I like this thing about myself. But you can, you know, we see certain things. You're like, it's time for that to go. It might be time for that to go because it's not. It's no longer in the service of others. Um, we're not the model. That's very clear, right? Um, Walker Percy wrote this. He's a great Southern writer. Um, he was raised. His father died tragically, and he, he and his brothers were raised by his uncle. And that was, that was not easy, but he said about his uncle who we love, he said, it's, he said, it's the highest tribute to the best people we know, to learn from them as best we can, to become not their disciples, but ourselves. Um, we're not the, you know, we're not trying to be, we're not the model, we want the girls to become like us. And it's really refreshing. Um, like, sometimes we're, we're not very good at helping someone with something. Like, we're helping with the things we're not very good at. And I love that idea that, like, a doctor can be sick and still help you get better. The doctor's not trying to give you his or her health um, at all. You know, it doesn't matter. That's not important. Some of the, you know, we have our own weaknesses. Um, we notice in others more acutely our own weaknesses. You all have seen that, right? When you, Somebody talk about here are the ways you talk about what bothers you. Sometimes it's very much your own weakness writ large. Um, so a sense of humor, we're not the model. Um, it's very important. I think it's very good to show people that we are correctable and to go far in that. And that's the way we receive advice. Look at the way we receive advice and even some kind of correction or own. Um, thanking people when they tell us something that they try to, you know. And um, it's, it can be very hard. The first reaction, you know, you're like, wow, where did that snake come from? You know, like, no, the defense attorney or something, you know, all of that stuff is real in all of us, but trying to see we're correctable. And I think it's good with your kids. Talk about how we've been helped. And I'm sure you do that, like that coach, that, that your parents, you know, your teacher, they remember those stories. Those are great life lessons. The way your first boss um, corrected you. I have a friend who worked in a, um, a soda fountain. 
she's actually done a podcast on all, all the mentoring she's received. And it was, there was a, I just have to say, there was a, in New Jersey, it was kind of old pharmacy, and there was a door, like a floor, a door on the floor, whatever they call that, trap door. And that's, you could go down there and get supplies, can you imagine how old this place was? And you were never supposed to, I mean, you, you have to close that door. And yet, it happened. As a tour, there's a teenager. Um, she left, the, she did, forgot, and they, like, they had a wall store, it fell down. He, like, I think he, like, broke the I mean, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> anyway, Karen and Karen Ball, if you ever look at she had this great story about, like, how terrible that was, how he handled it. The whole thing. I mean, it's, I will talk about like the lessons that I think a lot of it was the way they handled it. Um, but anyway, whatever. It's like we've failed. We've 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 learned. You know, share these things, right? Um, how we've tried. How we didn't receive things well. But then we learned, and we learned how to maybe pray about it or deal with that emotional reaction, listening, you know, etc. And then the key thing, and then I'll wrap up is. When somebody here at school, and I'm not saying this is certainly make our life easier, that's over. Um, but anyway, when a teacher, mentor, a coach points out something for improvement for your daughter, how do you react? Um, and I'm not talking about your first reaction. Um, they call that in, I guess, in theology, primus primi. It's not even. It's an. You know, you have this, it's not even, it's pre-sin, it's pre-freedom. Like, maybe your first reaction is not great, although you can learn. Um, but your child's going to learn from you, your daughter, right? Are you disappointed that somebody discovered that she wasn't perfect? You know, do you fire off an angry email? I mean, we've all done all of this, right? Um, or are you going to take that moment, like, this is really big for you in your heroic task as parents, right? Maybe this is more about your sanctity than hers, right? Because you know, we know how kids are. We're, we're stewing, and they have long forgotten what we're in agony about. You know, that's a classic, especially for the menopause. We come back, I just want to follow up on that. I have absolutely no idea. I mean, they don't, whatever. Oh my goodness. So um, anyway, do you, whatever, but you there. And again, with all your funny ways, but go that path of living in the truth, of loving the truth, of helping her see, like, and there are different ways of saying it, you guys, and I've heard many parents do this, how, it's hard, but how, you might not, and again, the moment, deal with the emotion, that's the classic, do not, that's just good business, right, she's not going to be happy and saying, isn't it wonderful that this terrible thing, I mean, it's like inhuman, <laughs> it's strange, we don't do strange things, but it hurts, it really hurts, and that's the, this does hurt, Certain things really hurt. They're very disappointing. You go go there, go right there, but you're not going to stay there. That's staying on the roller coaster. That's not helping. That's where you don't, you don't want to stay there at all. You want to figure out how do we get we get out of there. But we're going somewhere. You know, interior. You know, okay, how? And this is where this help from God is essential and huge. You got to work with Him. You can say, okay, guardian angel, okay, Holy Spirit, we're going to go somewhere. And eventually, it's getting to reason. It's what's happening. It's reason. What's your plan? You can do those lines. What's plan? How are you going to work? Depending on your age, how are we going to work on? It? How are you going to work on that? How am I going to? How can I help you? Okay, that was not um, not easy. I'm putting up. I had a, a my niece. I'll tell you this. One of my nieces 
one who's very, very on getting good grades, some people know her here, very high strong, she's fabulous, she just got married in December. She's very laid back, that's wonderful thing. <laughs> and she said it, she's like, he's very optimistic, you know, forgets about things to me. I'm like, But anyway, she's phenomenal, wonderful, wonderful girl. But I remember in ninth grade, she got a B or B plus on a paper, an English paper, and she was not having any of that. She was crying, she was complete, and I saw, and her sister, Sarah, was, uh, was better at this stuff. So we went after, I saw Caroline, red face, um, this is the old school, I'm like, and I stayed away from all of this, to say the truth, because it was better. But I went with, well, of course, with Sarah a little bit. But um, so Caroline is like really sad. After mass, I remember it's Caroline, Sarah, and Sarah did all the talking. I did, and I said nothing. And she said, what's wrong, Caroline? And Caroline said, I got a B on the paper, and I'm, I'm really, basically, I'm really, I'm really just, I'm really mad. And this, I'm not getting, she went, I think she wouldn't mind me saying this. She said, um, I read, she said, um, I wanted an A. So Karen, Sarah was like, well, you tried really hard. I'm sure it was good. I'm sure it was a good paper. And Caroline said, no, I, um, I read the other papers and they weren't good. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah said, that's not true, Caroline. I mean, I don't know where she was coming from with that. I don't know, I don't know if they talked about this. She said, my, Sarah said, you tried a really hard piece of statement. And that's better that you tried that, but it didn't work. But that's you pushed yourself. I think she meant the other pieces were like, and hers was really complicated and good. And, and she said you tried really hard, and that it's good. And but it, it's understandable that you didn't. You know, when you tried really hard, you tried really. You know, you're not always going to make it. It was good you tried. And a B is a good grade. And I watched Caroline calm down. And it's kind of, so um, anyway, you get the point. But it's just. How are you going to help her? And then getting to, well, she was saying, like, it's good that you try really hard. And next time you'll do better. You know, don't, don't try less, but understand when you shoot really high, it's understandable. And um, you can say, like, eventually when the time is right, you have adults in your life who love you, who are not trying to win a popularity contest. That's, you know, they're trying to help each girl be her best. This kind of thing. Um, anybody, you know, that what, what you heard is gonna it's gonna demand a lot of you, but that's a vote of confidence in your potential. It is. It actually is. It's not just you know I'm not getting the PR stuff. It really is a vote of confidence in you. Um, in you to be a better leader, in you to be a better friend. These are votes of confidence. Um, you know, it's, we don't want to waste any opportunity to. Again, be that kind of person who is eventually older as far as in the classroom. But you're going to learn the most. Sometimes, anyway. So these are how we know people grow in fortitude. Um, Leonard Sachs, if he, he wrote a book called The Collapse of Parenting. It's a great read. It's tough. He didn't mind that terrible title. But he's, he's a realist and he's excellent. He said, there's an extraordinary rise in the proportion of kids who are fragile in ways unknown to previous generations. That is easy. We cannot count that. They are, and he said, in other words, they are fundamentally unprepared for life. That is a responsibility of adults, of adults, really. Um, and we can do it. And we have all the greatest of all the unique. 
And this time, love and truth are bound together. There cannot be love without truth. There cannot be truth without love. Um, really important. But, you know, it's hard. Um, and we can't skip steps. I'll give you some tips to wrap. Pray, pray, pray. How do I say this? When do I say this? Um, what do, you know, how can I, you know, you make her your God. I love her, she knows this. Does she know that I love her? Do I show it in demons? And there are times when people go through very unlovable stages, sometimes very long, unlovable stages. But they are, we have two, um, gone through that. But increase the affection. Increasing the affection doesn't mean blurring the truth. It means coming in in other ways. We know that. Increase the affection, the affirmation, but don't pull away from the truth. Right? Maybe leave it there, leave the heart, but you know how to come around, especially others, in different ways. Diversify your ways of expressing it. Um, how the truth is spoken is as important as what the truth is, and this will be different for each person in the situation. St. Osmeria said, we only learn to serve in prayer. We only learn truly to serve in prayer. How do we do this? It's great, and that's available to anyone. Um, Prudence, reflect. Prudence asks us to reflect. Seek counsel. Um, seek counsel. If it's really important, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Try never to respond in anger. We've all done that multiple times, and every time we've done it, we're like, why did I do it again? Why did I happen again? And it's going to happen, it happens. But we're, we're building. Parents, we're build, that's building. It's not a reason to get discouraged. It's building. Virtue is building muscle. It's a good thing, right? Speak privately. Never, never, um, you know, separate the person from the action. Try to develop that language. Well, you know, I want to help you be a better friend. Maybe you could have better friends. Maybe you just think about that. Do, you, do your friends bring you up? Do you bring them up? And then once you've made your point, leave it alone. That is hard. Um, how? Wow, is that hard? <laughs> I think it's like it's like a little scratch, right? Leave it alone. Trust the truth to stay in your own soul. The truth uh, they said about John Paul II, Saint John Paul II. I love this. He would cast a seed, even if he thought there was only maybe a quarter inch fertile ground for the truth. He always trust the truth. It works in the soul. The truth works. We don't, the truth doesn't need us to get in there and start meddling. Um, if we've tried out of goodwill, which we have, to help someone and it has not gone well, and there are many times where it has not gone well, right? We need to be patient and not go back in. We all, you know, I gotta make it up. And we get it. We're weak. We, we, need, we need the comfort, the consolation. Like, was this okay? Did this land? You know what I mean? You're like desperate, like, oh gosh, this I think it was terrible and I feel terrible. No. God will use the gift of truth of love. It will work in the soul. And we don't want to say that, but sometimes we know things take many years. Now I don't mean anything major that your daughter is doing here that you should like let's just wait and hope she doesn't, you know, continue stealing or something. You know, I don't I don't mean that. It's not like I'm not gonna wait for the grace there. Um, but other things, more on the character line, you know, it may take years to make sense. It also may be echoed and confirmed very soon after by someone else. 
by some, how many times some new person has read, has confirmed it? Like, we've heard something, we're like, I don't think that's true about me. I just don't think that's true. And then we see, like, a, song, a poster, and it says something, you're like, oh, maybe that might be true about me. Or somebody else says, confirms it. So the truth works. We don't have to make sure the person learned the lesson. Don't meddle in the work of grace. Trust in the person's goodwill and desire to improve. Trust, that's hard. I know you will think about this. You might have to keep, you know, I, I, let's, let's give it time. I trust you. I'm not worried, even if you really are. <laughs> I'm not worried because I'm, we're trusting in God here. I'm trusting in God. Um, we do more so for praying for the person to see and accept than by returning to it too often. So I, my last point, and I, I, I've been reading this, I kept saying I'm stopping. You're so nice, and I'm afraid you're tired. But um, this, I picked up Brian Doyle. Is an, I just love Brian Doyle. He, I can't endorse, I don't know, I will never endorse anybody except, you know, like Thomas Aquinas. I don't know all the things he says, but this man is an essayist, he's passed away. He just, he can really go at, sucks. This one's called Leaping, I just picked it up. But Brian Doyle is, I just, he's great. And I think you might, he writes a lot of family, faith, what, he's just a great writer. So this little piece, just give you an idea of humor. Humor is essential as we know in life. Humor is a sign of psychological balance, believe it or not. Somebody told me it's, it's actually, is the person humorless? I mean, anyway, she told me, like, you know, for example, like Hitler wasn't very funny, just to give you an idea. I mean, Stalin, these people don't, whatever. If you need an extreme example, um, just to give you an idea. You know, they're just like, they're in their reality and, and they can't see how humor. Um, I think Benedict XVI said, um, he, he often, somebody said about him, he would bring an element of humor. Just as, like, a, he said it's a reflection of God's word, but he also said it's like a, it's something like that ties, it's like a thread that ties us to God. I mean, it's really key. In other words, it's like we see, humor shows that we see um, that something's, many, like the God's perspective. Like, this is not, and he's like, is this really the key to God? Am I the standard of truth? You know, all those things like, no, 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 no. So humor gives us, and you know when we hit that moment in a terrible moment, you're like, all of a sudden, humor breaks in. It is, I, it is a reflection of God and grace. Like, I actually love the world. You don't. <laughs> you can have it in different ways, or like, I actually love you. I made you. I actually was there before you. And I know what I'm doing. And all these moments and humor always is that you know, it just breaks through. So it's really great. And this man really totally gets this. He has a little check. It says, I believe. It says, credo, Latin for I believe, which I do very strongly in a number of things. And as he said, I believe, I'm going to read them all. I believe there's a mysterious and graceful and miraculous coherence with a capital C stitched through this world. I believe that this light is an extraordinary gift, a blink of bright light between vast darknesses. I believe that the fingerprints of the maker are everywhere. Children, hawks, water, who loves hawks. Um, even, I believe that even sadness and tragedy and evil are part of that mind, and we cannot comprehend, but only thank a mind especially to be thanked oddly when it is most inscrutable. I believe that children are hilarious and brilliant mammals. I believe that everything is a prayer. 
I love this. I believe that my wife is the strongest and most graceful female being I have ever met with the possible exception of my mother. That's very healthy and good. I believe that a family is a peculiar and powerful corporation lurching toward light, webbed by love, a whole ridiculously bigger than its part. I believe additionally that friends are family. I believe deeply and re relievedly in giggling. And I'll just read you this one. He just, he was like, I believe, well, I'll finish. He has two more. You can see if you like them. I believe that the best of all possible breakfasts is a pear with a cup of ferocious coffee taken near the ocean rather late in the morning than earlier, preferably in the company of a small, sleepy child still in his or her rumpled and warm pajamas, his or her skin as warm and tawny as a cougar pelt. I believe, and this is for you, I believe that love is our greatest and hardest work. So he's just like really awesome. <laughs> Brian Doyle is just an earthy great guy. He's just keeping lift you up. So love is the hardest, it is greatest and hardest work. Love means truth. There is no love without truth. Um, there is no truth without love. So this part, don't don't back away, but know like you're at the pinnacle. Some of you are, like the ordinary stuff, it's really the high point of, of, you know, of life and love and, and all that stuff. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Oakcrest School. To subscribe to our podcast channel, visit oakcrest.org.